Welcome to We are starting Parashat Bo. This is the first time we've started the parasha on Tuesday in a while. So we're doing good. Um, before we begin Parashat Bo, we have to go to the end of Parashat Va'era. Let's see what happened there. So the, the connection is very simple. Parashat Bo begins with Moshe approaching Parol and warning him about the plague of locusts. That is, that is what, to, what we expect because we said that every second plague of a three-plague triad would, be, would start with Moshe approaching Paro and warning him. And since hail was the first of the, the three-plague triad and it, that ended the previous parasha, so now it makes sense that Moshe is coming to Paro. So the parasha begins with I'm on the wrong parasha. Parasha begins with Moshe coming to Paro with the with the words. Vayomer Adonai Moshe bo el Paro. Hashem says to Moshe, "Come to Paro, ki ani hikpati et libo vet lev abadav leman shiti ototai elle bekirbo." And Hashem says to Moshe, "Come to Paro because I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, so that I can put my wonders." In his midst. So I heard an interesting perush to the words, not ichbati et libo, but vayechazak live paro, or lechazek et alev. What does it mean, lechazek et alev? Strengthen. All right, Bokertov, we barely started. Um, so what does it mean to, to strengthen one's heart? So ironically, we're studying Sefer Yoshua right now in the Navi podcast. And one of the words you see in the first chapter over and over and over is Rak chazak ve'ematz Rak chazak ve'ematz So what does chazak ve'ematz? What does lechazek mean there? It means have courage Be courageous So whenever Borei Olam is hardening Paro's heart What's the best way to describe it? It means he's giving Paro the courage to continue mm-hmm. He's giving Paro courage And He's not deciding anything for him. He's just giving Paro courage. And, and even, even that, we said it may even just be a literary technique to describe that his courage was otherworldly, right? We said that before. And that's honestly a perush that I like a lot because I, I read an interesting proof. Why would, why would you say that? Why would you say that these, these descriptions of hikhbadti et libo or khizakti et libo are literary techniques rather than bore olam hardening their heart actually? Because it says that I hardened... Paro's heart and the heart of his servants in this pasuk. But at the end of his plague, do you know who is going to approach Paro and tell him to let go of the slaves? The servants. The servants. Yes. The servants themselves. His own. His own. So, uh, so how that, could it be? Meaning, what does this hardening heart mean? That doesn't mean absolute. Exactly. Yeah, clearly not. Because in the case of the servants, the hardening of the heart is not absolute. Because their heart breaks down. And does that mean that Paro had absolutely no freedom of will, free, free will? Well, look, the, the servants seem to have free will. So the, the whole, uh, you have to, it's a little bit more nuanced. It's not as simple as saying God just it's turned Paro. It's a debate. If yeah, 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 Paro, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a big debate. I like, to, I like to not have the debate by I just think, saying yeah, it's all a literary it's, technique. Yes. Uh, and it's not really, Borei Olam isn't doing anything to Paro. It's, it's built into Paro's nature that he's just in, a, in an extremely... Uh, outrageous way Very very stubborn And you could understand Why he would be so stubborn Because Paro has built up Over the course of his lifetime 
and his family's lifetime, he's built up the image that he is a god. So if he shows any weakness to anyone, he's, he's done. He's finished as a, as, a, as a god. Now nobody in that position wants to give up that image. So he's trying very, very hard to not lose face. That's what Paro is so concerned with. Okay. And so that you may tell your sons in their ears and the ears of their of their sons' ears, uh, of the ears of their sons, that I the word hitalalti is a tough one. Uh, what I caused to befall Egypt or what I what I brought upon Egypt and my signs that I put upon them, and you should know that I am God. So Hashem says to Moshe to say Paro two things. Well, he says to, it says to go to Paro because I've hardened his heart. But then he's telling Moshe that it's not only in order to teach Paro. The point of the, of the Makot is also to so that you have something to tell over to your sons and your sons' sons. Okay? So that Bincha or Ben Bincha, um, <laughs> if you want to see another place, where you see Beuzne Vincha, look at Devarim chapter 4, Pasuk 9. Devarim chapter 4, Pasuk 9. Anybody have? No? I don't have. I uh, usually rely on Daniel. <laughs> Daniel is Daniel's not here. <laughs> see Daniel, that's what happens. Okay, now, uh, 4 9 is the Pasuk that says. <clears throat> Moshe says, Who is the lucky nation that has a Torah like you have today? And then he tells Bnei Israel, Be careful and guard your soul very carefully not to forget the words of the Torah. That your eyes saw so that they should not leave your heart all the days of your life. You should teach the words of the Torah to your sons and to the sons of your sons. And here it starts off with So what you could say is that this is the beginning of a process of the education of our sons and our sons' sons, which culminates in the Torah. I Meaning first, what, what establishes our emunah is the fact that Borei Olam took us out of Egypt. But then what do you build how do you build on top of that emunah? With the Torah, right? So the Torah also has the same instructive to, to teach your sons and your sons' sons. Okay? So that's the, the reference there. Um, Pasuk 3 So Moshe and Aaron come to Paro and they say to him So says God, God of the Hebrews Until when do you refuse to be humbled before me? Send my people and they will serve me. Because if you refuse to send out my nation, behold, I will bring a, a uh, uh, locust plague into your boundaries. And they will cover up the eye of the land. And you will not be able to see the land. So this is, let's say you had like a bird's eye view. You're looking over from a mountain. Everything is black. Everything would be black, right? And you cannot see the land. And they'll eat the remainder of the food that was left over from the barad. Pileta means things that were salvaged. So it means the, remain, the remaining food. you see food. one, you scare, you run away. You... And they'll eat every tree that grows from the field. So... Uh, I, I looked into locusts, but I, I didn't look. There's one of the commentaries here, the comment here, points out that locusts, when they come, 
they actually do even eat the wood. They, they, they eat so much. It's such a total and utter destruction of all the plants that they attack that they even eat the wood of the trees. So whenever it says, and they'll eat every tree, so even, the peshat, even, even, you would have thought that it's referring the to the fruits that are on the tree. No, even, but it's more than that. It's, it's even the wood that is on oh. the tree that they're, they're eating. It's, it's, an, it's a very incredible thing to behold. This is kosher or is not kosher? Of course, uh, I mean, apparently it's kosher. Yes. I, I haven't looked yes. into it much. Apparently yes. lo locusts are kosher. Yes. Yes. Apparently yes. the temanim have some dishes. Yes, they, they eat it. They, they do. Yeah. Uh, one, one comment. My mom, my mom pointed something out to me. Um, she was saying, we said in the Sunday class, she said that you pointed out that the frogs are the god, based on the god that Heket god, the, one of the Egyptian gods of fertility. And she said, why do you think it's describing, at the end of the plague, it says... And the frogs were dead and they were piled one upon the other and the land smelled terrible. So that's a, it's an interesting detail. So I, I at first thought that it was just trying to show us that the land of, of Mitzrayim became disgusting. But she was saying that the point is so that the Egyptians can see their gods piled up and dead. So imagine, imagine your god is, you worship the frog and you find this frog to be some holy creature and then... You see, you see hundreds of them dead Piled upon each like other nothing, And, and like they garbage. stink Yeah And it's like garbage And what does that tell you About your God So that's a very very big lesson About what your God is Is that really a God Okay so that was That was my mother Okay Beautiful, beautiful she's idea She's in the game Yeah she's in the game Okay um, So Pasuk 6 Back to the Back to the locust And they will fill your homes And the homes of your servants And the homes of all of Egypt That your fathers have not seen And so have not The fathers of your father You see the, the reference here From the day they've been in this land Until this day And he turned and he went out from Paro so what's, what, what's the key reference in this pasuk? While B'nai Israel, they're looking at the makot and they use it as instruction to teach their sons and the sons of their sons. They are going to remember... The Mitzrim are getting makot that they have not seen since the days of their father, father and, the and their fo father's father. Hmm. Okay, so that's like the literary... That's a, it's a very typical thing that the Torah does is that it creates like a certain symmetry in the language of... of uh, of whatever is going on. So that's one reference. So another interesting thing is, why, what's the significance of the fact that the locust will fill your homes and the homes of your servants? Because the barad, did it infiltrate a person's home? No, because we said, In the barad, we said the person who feared God had the ability to avoid the plague of Barad by bringing his things into the home. Yeah, but the ones who left it outside didn't care. And, so the one, and the one, then, then there were ones who left it outside, so they got hurt by the plague. Sure. But the idea was that the home was a protected place in Barad. So this is one step further. This is once the worse than that. This means that even in the home, the locusts protected. are going, the, the, you're not anymore protected. And what does that tell you also about the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, That if Borei Olam could make it so that the plate that the barad the hail would fall on the egyptians and not on hebrews okay but the locusts that it, they're so hard to control that they even go inside a person's house the fact that Borei Olam brought it upon the egyptians and not the hebrews it's very, that's a very that's a very, huge miracle that's like top-notch yeah, precise yeah that's extremely precise okay pasuk 
זין. ויאמרו עבדי פרעה אליו, עד מתי יהיה זה לנו למוקש שלח את האנשים ויעבדו את ה' אלוהיהם, הטרם תדע כי עבדה מצרים. So the servants of Paroh say to him, until when will this be a, stumble, a stumbling block for us? Send the people so that they, they should serve Adonai their God. Mm-hmm. Do you not realize that Egypt has Locked. been destroyed? And they even use the past tense. Egypt is already gone and destroyed. So again, these are the same Abdei Paroh that God hardened their heart. So it seems like the hardening is wearing off on these guys. Not so on Paroh, who has the most to lose. Because Paroh is the one who has... Who's going to lose his image of being a god? You know, these people, what are they going to lose? The servants of Paro, they lose some power. They're part of Paro's court. And, and they, they have benefits that come with being the, pre- the friends of the king. That, that always happens in powerful, you know, power structures. You have the people at the top and they're friends. But Paro himself, he's losing his ego. And that, the internal loss of, of the pride is a lot more... Difficult to let go of Than the power it Shows you something About human nature Okay And then The next passage Looks interesting Pride would make you Lose anything And it will leave you With nothing Pride will make you Pride will make you Lose everything Lose anything And will leave you With nothing And that's Paro's story That's the story of Paro His pride left him With nothing He could have He, he was offered In the first plague To let Am Yisrael Go for three days And come back Yes And he would have Still had And he still would have Had them as slaves the question what, were they going to go and come back? Big, good question. Probably not, no. I don't think... Uh, I don't know. I don't even know. I thought... That, I think that was just an opening yes. discussion because they knew Paro would say no. But that's exactly the, the, the point. Paro, you have to see things from Paro's point of view. He, he's giving up so... You know, he's like the gambler who just wishes he would have stopped six anymore. hands early. It's like when somebody says a lie... You have to keep on saying the lie because yeah, because be, it keeps growing. It's on a chain reaction. Yeah, it's a chain. It's a negative. You are it's far, a, it's too far. It's a yeah, negative. They in. call you it a, a negative feedback loop. That's what he's in. Okay. Pasuk eight. Vayushavet Moshe vetaron el paro vayomra lehem lechu yivdu et adonai elohechem miva mia olechim. So they were. Look at the word that's used in pasuk eight. Vayushav et Moshe vetaron, and Moshe and Aaron were returned to paro. Yes. So then he said to them, Go serve Adonai, your God, who is going? So the significance of the word Vayushav is that it's not Paro making the command. Somebody else is bringing Moshe back, Moshe and Aaron back. It seems like the servants, after complaining to they Paro, run, they, run, they, they run got sick of him and they go and they run to Moshe and Aaron and they bring him back and they bring them back without the directive of Paro. And then Paro merely just speaks to them, which means that after everything that Paro has lost, also, his power is beginning to slip away. You see that from the word Vayushat. Yes, Pasuk 9. Uh, Moshe says, we'll go with our youth and with our elderly. With our sons and with our daughters. With our sheep and with our cattle. Because it is a festival to Adonai for us. And he said to them, This is Paro speaking. And he said to Moshe and Aaron, Let God be with you when I send you and your little ones. See that bad is in front of your eyes. So what does the Pasuk mean? Difficult Pasuk to translate. But it seems like Paro is basically saying, Not over my dead body. He's saying, When, when God is with you, then I will send you. Meaning, impossible. This whole thing is a fraud. 
And then uh, he says, because I know that you have bad intentions, that you guys are going and you, you won't come back. I know that you, got, you, you and you, Moshe and Aaron, are up to no good. So I will not send you. Lochen, no. If you want, the men can go and serve God. Because isn't that what you want? By God, and he chased them away from the face of Paro. Okay, so that's Paro saying no. Also, the, the, there is an interesting insight into the. Is this the last time he's going to see me? Not yet. No, 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 not yet. No, no. There's one more. There's one more. There's one more. Right? Yeah, there's one more. The, the, the so, so, um, so he says, because you have bad intentions in mind. Now, Moshe and Aaron, what do they want to do with Bnei Israel? Either they want to just go serve for three days, or they want freedom for their servants, right? It's the tendency of those in power, especially those tyrants, the despots, who are in power over the, over the enslaved, to see the freeing of the slaves as a moral bad. He says, I see that you have bad intentions. Almost like it's an evil thing that you plan on doing. And what are they trying to do at the end of the day? They're, they're trying to free slaves. Yes, it's actually more honorable. It's, it's a, they're doing a good thing morally. Yes. So you see from the perspective of Paro, maybe because he sees himself as a god, any affront to his will is a moral bad. It, it's, it's an interesting thing. You could look, at, look out for it in the modern day psychological makeup of the tyrant, that they, that they see affronts to their power as morally bad. Even whenever it's, it's sometimes it's the greatest moral good, okay. And by the and by the way, that's a tactic of political correctness. The main tactic of per- political correctness is to frame things as moral good, morally good, or morally bad when it could be just the opposite. Yes. Rabbi Tono is giving a perfect example on Shabbat. He's saying, for example, um, how how do you take the killing of a baby one one minute before it comes out of the womb? How do you call the, the murder of a baby one minute before it comes out of the womb and call it a moral good? You say it's pro-choice. You say it's, 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 it's procreative rights. It's, it's, it's pro-choice, right? Disaster. So that's, that's, that's political correct. That's, We've been living with this for the last uh, decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you take, so you take a moral bad and... and Whenever it's against your will, if you, the, the typical way of tyrants is to cast things in moral language to then, to then make people think that following them is a moral good. Okay? So that's what Paro is doing. Pasuk 12. Is there anything I wanted to pause on? Um, let's continue. Okay, Pasuk 12. So Hashem says to Moshe, stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt and they should come upon Egypt and they will eat all the grass of the land, everything that the Barad had left over. So you see the relation, these are clear, clearly two sister makot. One is the makah that kills the fruits and is outside the house and, and one is the makah that kills the fruits and is inside. In, even un, Meaning, even, if you don't learn your lesson from the one that goes outside the house, then you have the one that goes inside the house. That's why they're related to one another. Bayat Moshe et Eretz Misraim. So Moshe stretched out his staff over the land of Egypt. And God brought an eastern wind over the land. In the morning, the eastern wind brought the locust. Remember we said what the eastern wind is? It's the Sirocco. Remember the Sirocco? So, uh, famous Sirocco. The famous Sirocco. So, so there's, a clear, there's a clear thing in all of Tanakh. Eastern winds are always bad. 
Eastern winds are considered to be the winds that bring uh, death and, and uh, difficulty. You had a Shiroko? So, so they had an Eastern wind. So uh, did locusts come also? No. no locusts. <laughs> Here and there, but not as many. Albanese came. <laughs> okay. So uh, they had an eastern wind that brings the locust. And then, The Arbe, the locust came upon the whole land of Egypt and they, they sat upon the borders of Egypt. Very, very heavy. Beforehand, you had never seen a locust like it and afterwards, never again had been seen. And it covered the eye of the land and the land became dark. So what is that a prelude to? What is that a foreshadowing to? The next plague. So this plague is sandwiched between the plague of Bara'ad, which is referenced, and the plague and of Choshech, which yes, is referenced. Correct. And the darkness of the locusts is showing, is showing the Mitzrim one more thing. Showing the Mitzrim that if God wants to turn off the lights or turn off your God, the sun, he can do so in very many ways. Very okay? And they ate all of the grass of the field and all the fruits of the tree that the Bara'ad left over. There was no green left in a tree or grass in a field in the whole land of Egypt. Oh, yeah. And Paro hurried to call Moshe and Aaron. I have sinned to Hashem, your God, and to you. And now forgive my sin this time and pray to Hashem your God and get rid of from upon me this death. So they left Paro and they prayed and he prayed, sorry, Moshe left Paro and he prayed to Hashem. And God brought a western wind, a wind from the west and a very strong one. He raised the Arbe and he threw it into the Yamsuf, which we will see later. There was not one locust left in all of the land of Egypt. And God hardened the heart of Paro, and he did not send B'nai Israel. Okay, so now in the next plague, we're going to see, um, by the end of the next plague, we're going to see Moshe's final speech. I'm very excited to teach that because for the first time, I was, it was pointed out the grandeur and the beauty of this final speech, but we just did the, the plague of locusts. Tomorrow we'll do the plague of Choshech, and that's significant because Choshech is attacking the most important Egyptian god, which is the sun. Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen. 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 Amen.